You're listening to The Big Finish Podcast, launched on the 9th of June 2019. Blake's Seven took four years of my life. I've been an actor for 40 years. How can it be that something that constitutes but 10% of my working life has had such an influence upon my life as a whole? Coming up in this podcast, we fondly remember Paul Darrow, the actor who played Avon in Blake Seven, who sadly passed away just a few days ago. Very sad news indeed that deeply affected us all. Then we go behind the scenes with the lives of Captain Jack, Volume 2. We bring you our second top five listen to rundown of Audio Sonic Tastic Big Finish audios for the month of February this year. We offer you 25% off a randomly selected Big Finish release. And we dramatise you with the first 15 minutes of The Lies of Captain Jack, Volume 2, starring none other than the great John Barrowman. Nick and Benji. Welcome, welcome, roll up, roll up. I'm Benji Clifford. He's Nick Briggs. And we are plugged into the great audio brain of Big Finish, offering you all the greatest audio drama and audiobooks available 93 million miles from the mm. sun. Lots of Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake 7. Go and have a look at bigfinish.com. You'll be amazed. So, as many of you will know, we lost one of the greats of science fiction television last week, Paul Darrow, an actor who achieved much during his career. But I think it's fair to say that for us, we knew him best as Avon, the savagely compelling anti-hero of Blake Seven. John Ainsworth, our Blake Seven Audio Adventures producer, was kind enough to come into the production office and talk to me about Paul. So, by way of a tribute... Here's John chatting about Paul and some of the great Paul Darrow in his own words. Well, I'd met Paul on a couple of occasions at conventions. I think I actually first met him, as in standing in front of him and talking to him, at a Blake 7 convention that I went to with Jason Haigelloway, who, of course, runs Big Finish, because Jason was a big Blake 7 fan as well, and I think he particularly liked Paul. And so for some, yeah, we must have agreed that we were going to... I mean, this is a long time ago... Uh, and it was, I can't even remember where it was, but we, I remember there was a break and we, uh, we went out into this little courtyard um, where people were just milling around and Paul just came out and milled around with everyone as well and we just ended up sort of chatting briefly to him. I've never, I've never mentioned that to him because I'm sure he wouldn't have remembered at all. Uh, and then I met him again briefly at one of the Gallifrey conventions in Los Angeles where he was a guest. I had a brief chat with him then. And that was it, really. I mean, uh, until I was asked to take over as producer on Blake Seven, and of course that was become that would that was a whole different kind of relationship. I was going to be having to, well, not exactly tell him what to do, but work with him. Shall we say? <laughs> I don't think you can't tell Paul what to do. <laughs> well, um, when you first met him, what was your first impression of him, as uh, balanced against? what your expectations were? I think he was sort of what I expected. I mean, of course, you know, when you haven't met someone and you just know them from television, um, you can't help but sort of... Because all you've got is a performance, you know, however radically different it might be from what they're like in real life. You might know that intellectually, but you just haven't got anything else to go on. So you sort of, I think, you inevitably come to that 
with an expectation of being at least a bit like okay and I suppose he did seem a little bit I mean he wasn't going around shooting people and he made a lot more jokes than Avon does uh, but there is quite there was I mean I suppose it's why you cast someone you know you've got to see a quality in them uh, as well and he was quite sort of steely and direct uh, unapologetic and, and I mean all those things in a good way and he came across like that and you know and, and that, that is how he was really yeah on TV I have performed in many different programs series such as Emergency Ward 10 Dombey and Son Murder Must Advertise Doctor Who Making News and The Legend of Robin Hood in the theatre I've played such as Cassius in Julius Caesar, the title roles in Luther and Macbeth, Elvis Presley, and many other parts that I sometimes struggle to remember. But I walk down the street or am shopping in a supermarket, and rarely does a day go by, this is quite true, that somebody doesn't say to me, you're him. Aren't you? He really wanted to talk. He loved to chat and tell his stories, and uh, and he particularly liked it if you had the same sort of interests. You know, he, he loved show business and films, history, and Hollywood, and all of that. And he would tell stories—not just stories about himself and the people he'd met and worked with, but you know, he'd recount stories that he'd read about or knew about uh, from about Hollywood film stars and things. So. That very quickly became a sort of big element of even working with him. You know, it would be peppered with all of this all around it. So, um, so I sort of relaxed quite a lot, and, and we got on. But when, it, in terms of talking about stories and things, he'd have quite definite ideas, and he'd say if he didn't like something, he might still do it. Um, he was quite sort of uh, realistic about the requirements, you know. But he would say if he thought that wasn't right. He had very clear ideas on what Avon would and wouldn't do, which which was really good to talk to you know because I, I sort of tried to take that on board as much as possible so I could communicate that to to the author. So I think I got a clearer picture of what what Avon would and wouldn't do. Kelly, oh. Kelly, can you hear me? Oh. It's Avon. Oh. Open your mind. But, oh. Don't be afraid. I know what's happening. You do? Yeah. Uh, At least I think I do. Oh. Kelly, can you understand me? Con confirmed. What? That's that's Zen, isn't it? Shh. She's communicating with Zen. Or more accurately, Zen is communicating with her. Not with her, through her. It's happened before, hasn't it? Not quite like this, but Callie is telepathic, and if anyone can make contact with Zen, she can. What was the picture? Well, I mean, just completely uh, no loyalty to anyone. I suppose completely sort of selfish. He would shoot someone in the back. Uh, had no problems about doing that. Leave someone behind. And all these things, from a producer point of view, actually made it quite difficult to construct stories where, you know, because you would have, normally you would have the hero sort of, you know, someone's in distress, the hero is going to go and rescue them. Avon's not going to do that unless there's a really good reason for himself, you know, that it's going to make sense for him to do that. So you had to be quite careful about how you made the stories work. 
Paul would often tell this story about how David Maloney, uh, the producer of Blake Seven for the first three se- seasons on television, um, in the third season when they introduced the new characters of Tarrant and Dana, there was the end of the episode where they had uh, come on board the Liberator and Avon has to introduce them to Zen and say, right, take orders from them now. And, and Paul said he, he would turn around to David and said, well, he wouldn't do that. And David said, well, if he doesn't, we haven't got a series. <laughs> and Paul would tell me this, right? I said, yeah, but Paul, I'm now in David Maloney's shoes <laughs> and you're saying he wouldn't do that to me. And I'm saying we haven't got a series if he doesn't. So we sort of have these back and forth. It was all in good spirits and everything. It was never any falling out or argument about it. He was happy to give in at something like that if it negated the entire Sometimes, story. I mean, I mean, we certainly addressed some of his issues when they came, you know, and often I think, yeah, that's a good point, you know. So I would try and keep it in line as much as possible with how Paul saw how the character should be. What do you think his uh, greatest qualities were as an actor? Ooh, it's hard to put into words. I think he was very good. I, I, I suppose I particularly admired him because, because we recorded his dialogue for the audios with him on his own in the studio. So he was performing without any input from the other actors playing the other characters. And I didn't even read in the lines, which uh, sometimes we would do in a situation like that. And I certainly offered to do that. And he said, no, it's fine. He said, I, particularly for the regular case, he said, I know what they will have done. And he would literally, very quickly, go through this. And he would just say his line, then say his next. And you, know, and you think, oh, gosh, you know. It was almost so fast, I thought, he was doing it faster than my mind could keep up with initially. But then when it's actually inserted into the story and you realise how clever he has been and and, know, and knew exactly how to deliver it. Even interu- interruptions of lines and things he would do. Yeah, he, just, he could just obviously knew exactly in his mind how another act. Very occasionally he would think they might have done it one of two ways and he would give two different versions. But for the most part, he would be fi- fairly confident they've done it like that. And he was always right. I don't think I can't think of any instance where we thought, "Oh gosh, that doesn't work." When we've we've edited it into the, the the other dialogue, and I just think that's quite an amazing skill, actually, to be able to just do it as though you're in the room with everyone else. Really, um, yeah, he absolutely knew what he was doing, and knew the character, of course, intimately. <laughs> I always remember that Colin Baker said to me, "I love it when Paul Darrow's in the room because it makes me feel understated." Yes. <laughs> well, actually, the other side of what I've just been saying is when we recorded the dialogue with all the other actors, I did read in because uh, the editors would find it useful to, for timing reasons to have the dialogue there. So I would often play Avon in uh, the studio of everyone else. And, of course, you can't help but do a bit of an impersonation. And, but sometimes doing it, I think, oh, gosh, that's just that's too much. what would the other actors think of me they'll think I'm taking the mickey out of it and then when we actually do record it and he goes even further sometimes with me which is brilliant and and he absolutely makes it work and you just think oh I wasn't going too far with that was I (laughs) Uh, it it was quite a shock that he died wasn't it it was a shock and I'd I'd been with him only just over a week ago um, recording the dialogue for the last lot of episodes that we've been doing and he, he was struggling a little bit um, but I, you know I don't think I realised well I don't think you know he knew 
how ill he was, perhaps. And but he was still very much himself, you know, joking and laughing, and and absolutely wanted to carry on. I mean, I you know, I'd say we don't have to, we can stop anytime you want but no no let's do this you know and I think he really loved those days in the studio because of course you know although he was still working a lot of it was not quite on his on his own and not with other actors so I think he really enjoyed the opportunity to be sort of back in a sort of working environment uh, with other people and you, you could just tell he really enjoyed it and he was just enjoying it on, on that. so yes to hear you know that he'd passed away it was really quite a shock and you know very sad and I suppose selfishly I think well I'm not going to have those days in the studio with him anymore which is I'm very sad about yeah what will you specifically miss about him do you think uh, his laugh and his, his naughty humour <laughs> his bad jokes <laughs> he'd be quite his humour he was quite I mean, his humour sometimes would, you know, joking with people and teasing people would almost border on the offensive sometimes, but he'd get away with it because he was so sort of charming and witty and you knew he didn't mean it. So, yeah, you sort of, you know, sometimes I'd hear him say something and I'd go, oh, that's really rude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean, I suppose that's what I'm just, that, that he just loved doing it and he just, he'd laugh and enjoy it and, and just hearing him say that you'd all often say so I, I love show business he said I love show business don't you yeah and I say yes yes and he said I love it he said. <laughs> how will you look back on him how will you remember him I suppose I'd, I, I will happily revisit in my mind the, the, the recording days in the studio and thinking are we going to actually get to the end? <laughs> I mean, we actually had enough the material we could have recorded in two hours, but we were still there for uh, you know from ten in the morning till five because he'd been spending so much time talking and, uh, and telling his story, which of course I absolutely let him and encouraged. And um, yeah, it was just a joy. It was just almost like going into another little world with him, actually. And um, and, and I also really, I mean, you know, the fact you know he was in a wheelchair, he'd had his legs amputated, and. To have gone through that and still be such a sort of positive and upbeat person who was still absolutely enjoying his life and I'm sure he must have had his dark moments but I never saw them and I thought, well that's just quite amazing that someone can be like that and so I really admire that about him. Yeah. I do not complain. I don't mind being forever Avon. Well, as we all know, it's common sense, it's common knowledge, it is the fact that I love an email. Many a nights I spend gazing up at the moon thinking to myself, it doesn't look anything like an email. But there we have it. I don't know why I do that. And if you want to send an email over, it's so simple, it really is. There's no no particular hard work unless you don't have a keyboard or a mouse or a monitor, or a in which case yeah. you're a computer, in which case I suppose it would be incredibly difficult. Um, you can just send an email to podcast at bigfinish.com podcast at bigfinish.com boom buddy boom boom um, first up this one from Mike Solko dear Nick and Benji 
Thanks, as always, for putting out such an enjoyable podcast every week. Yeah, well, who think you think? Not very much. It's really lovely to see a company regularly engaging with fans, sharing behind-the-scenes features, and answering emails on a regular basis. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you. The podcast is destination listening during my weekend chores and travels. Oh, hold on, hold on a minute, hold on. There we go. Right, Mike, Mike, you've just left a. There's a tiny spot of the dust on the carpet there. <laughs> you might want to just. Yeah. 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 Okay. There we go. He's got it. Sorry. But we have to help out. You know, he's doing his. He's doing his. his, what, his you chores. know the joke. What? What chores? What well, chores? Uh, oh, mine's a pipe. Thank you very much. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true. Uh, being a bit that's how you get a drink if you go into a pub and you say, "Have you done all your chores?" And then the person at the bar goes, "What chores?" Oh, oh mine's a pipe. Thanks very much. <laughs> Oh, I might use that one. I might use that one. Yeah. Well, being a bit honest, I was hesitant about this year's run of Torchwood monthly releases since past elements from Doctor Who would be used for crossover purposes. I love Doctor Who. I love Torchwood. I'm not sure that I need those two flavours mixing. I felt How? much the same about Jelly and Custard when I was a kid, you know. I still, I still feel a little bit jarred when I have Jelly and Custard. They're two distinct separate flavours, but they still somehow... I don't know. Sometimes nicer on their own, aren't they? No, I, every time I'd like to put ice cream in my custard now. I mean, oh, wait, hold. Yeah, ice cream and custard? Ice yeah. cream and custard? Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> ice cream? <laughs> jelly and ice cream. It's not jelly and custard. I was thinking jelly and custard. Yeah, jelly and ice cream's a rocker. Um, it's an old classic, isn't it? Again, though, strawberry, strawberry jelly on its own. What, yeah, what I don't joys? even know what I'm talking about anymore. Yeah, why? Why are we talking? Um, uh, it doesn't like his flavors mixing. How could he have been so wrong? Well, we'll find this one out. I should know well enough to trust the Torchwood creative team by now. Of course, Each of the release stories have managed to tell a story that is uniquely Torchwood, just happening to include elements from the Hooniverse. The social commentary is still present, and there are moments of genuine horror beyond what we might see in more all, in a more all audiences tale. I want to see more of Captain Jack and Joe Jones, as well as more of Susie and Margaret. Big Finish has added much to the tapestry of Torchwood, and I expect it will be amazing to take in when we look back years from now. Mm-hmm. Mm, they've done amazing work. They have done amazing, and still are doing it right mm, now yeah oh yeah i didn't mean that it stopped being amazing, well, done amazing as of work, last man. wednesday they stopped being amazing everything just got very very boring yes they wrote uh, what was it uh, they, they put together torchwood um the pencil cross, the pencil killer um the pencil <laughs> that case. would actually be quite good that would be quite good ow Ugh! oh no it's another one he's been stabbed by a biro um <sighs> this is all the marks of the pencil killer um <laughs> <laughs> All the marks. <laughs> just rub them out. Oh, just rub them out. Yeah, yeah. They got rubbed out by the pencil killer. <laughs> oh, he's moved over. To, he's moved over to Sharpie. Now we're in trouble. Um, during one it's of indelible. <laughs> during one of your recent podcasts, Jason Haig Ellery mentioned one of his dreams was a crowdfunded Big Finish B movie. It made me wonder how feasible it would be to leverage crowdfunding for someone of the audio spin-offs for some of the audio spin-offs that don't have audiences as large as the TV tie-ins. 
You already have a distribution system in place that puts you far ahead of most crowdfunded startups. I imagine that this could give fans a chance to support their favourite ranges on a larger scale than pre-ordering or even ordering extra copies. Rewards could be something like a cover page signed by the cast, extended special features or who knows what else. I expect that there could be issues uh, that would prevent this from being feasible, such as rights concerns, locking in talent with no guarantee of production, spec scripts, etc. Even so, I imagine I would be throwing virtual money at you if it meant new sets of Cicero, Vienna or Sherlock Holmes. Thanks, Mike Solko from California. Interesting point there about the crowdfunding thing. It is an interesting yeah. conjecture. We've often thought about doing a Sherlock Holmes film. Uh, That'd be but, glorious, yeah, wouldn't it? It would just kind of a bit busy doing everything we're already doing. That's the trouble. We are doing more Sherlock Holmes. Um, the scripts are in, actually. So that'll be later this year at some point. Mm. Mm. It's, as audio, obviously. Um, here's one from John Hogan. Short and to the point, 25% off a $3 story isn't much of an incentive to make a purchase. Perhaps limit the pool of potential selections to $10 or more. Thanks. Mm. Well, I don't um, know. I don't know. I, I, any money off anything I go for, quite frankly. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, let us know what you think, folks. I just think that um, we should stick with the integrity of the truly randomoid selection rather than vetting it. And we are using Hannah Newman's randomoid selectatron, and we just press the button, bada boom, that's it. The only time we deselect something if it's something that's free, uh, but apart from that, we, you know, because you can't get 25% off nothing. Maybe we add it on. <laughs> I'm a mathematical genius, yes. And now this free story is going to cost you 25% more. <laughs> Anyway, here's another one, a bit longer this time, because that was a rather short and to the point one from John Hogan. Thank you, John. Food fault there for everyone. Let us mm. know your thoughts. Um, it's rather lovely, and it's from Greg Albertson. This one got sent round to everyone in the Big Finish team, I think. Hello, no complaints, no questions. I just wanted to say thank you for the wonderful work you all do. I've been a customer since Sirens of Time came out and a fan of Big Finish from that day on. Thank you for the hard work you do and each and every release. The quality is consistently superb and the love and effort you put into your work really shows. Best regards, Greg Albertson. Isn't that lovely? Oh, that's a lovely message. Thanks for that, Greg. And that was sent via the Big Finish website where you can click a button to send uh, static now, isn't it? And so uh, yeah, it went to the inquiry's address and was distributed uh, by Karen. So thanks, Karen, for that. Yeah, thank you very much. And finally, this rather lovely one from Eric. Yes, just Eric. Uh, dear Nick and Benji, I just wanted to thank you for bringing these Doctor Who stories to life. I'm a relatively new and young fan for Doctor Who who has fallen in love with this world of story that you work so hard to create. From Missy Series 1, River Song Series 5 to 10th Doctor Adventures Volume 3, these audios are an absolute joy to experience and are worth every penny. From the bottom of this Canadian's heart, thank you for making these, and I'm looking forward to diving even deeper into the world's big finish in the coming months and finding even more stories to enjoy for years to come. This business is amazing, and I cannot thank you enough for making these. I plan to continue to support I plan to continue to support Big Finish as best I can for many years to come. With love and thanks from Canada, Eric. 
Oh, that's Isn't really that nice? nice. That's really, that's really nice. I hadn't actually read that one through, and that was so wow. That's that's super so nice, nice. As they say these days. Absolutely. So glad you're enjoying it, and yeah. uh, keep listening. Thank it you. It really makes a difference for us to hear things like that. That, but you know, also it's good to raise you know um, things that we need to think about a bit more, and, and criticisms that we need to consider. But thank you. It's also lovely to get emails like that. And that's it for your emails this week. Every Big Finish podcast mm. contains at least one email from our lovely listeners that's you by the way uh, but we also have longer email sections like this very often the next one to look out for is in the big finish podcast released on the 23rd of june so don't forget to write in to podcast at bigfinish.com Time now to delve behind the scenes with The Lives of Captain Jack, Volume 2. So hello, my name's Scott Hancock, I am the director of The Lives of Captain Jack, and I am here with... John Barrowman, who's quickly taking a drink of water, who plays (laughs) Captain Jack Harkness, and The Doctor. And I'm joined by... Colin Baker, and I'm not Captain Jack. You are not. Or I might be. Who knows? You're playing a bit of him. A bit of him. I wonder which bit I'm playing. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> um, thank well, you. we all know Captain Jack, don't we? <laughs> Was that a, a, a sort of nice surprise for you, reading the script, that you get to mm. channel the sort of doctorish energy? Yeah, if you well, the doctorish energy, but I mean, I played him in a way, it was a heightened kind of, not taking the mickey, but trying to imitate as he would have heard uh, Colin's doctor, if that makes yes. sense. Yeah? I saw you clutching fake lapels as fake, well. I as did a lot of it of... with my hand on my chest because, you know, oh, all right. It's kind of that, that exuberance mm. about it. Um, so, yeah, but it was fun. But I, secretly, um, I've always wanted to be the doctor. <laughs> you're obviously, you're a massive Doctor Who fan, so you'll know him from the new series. Well, I'm a massive Doctor Who. Well, the- <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, how familiar were you with the character of, of Captain Jack oh, and, yes, I, with I Torchwood watched, and everything? I watched all those episodes. Um, uh, I haven't seen many episodes of Torchwood, funny enough. Ah. But I saw all those early ones when he was with David Tennant. And I thought, what a wonderful character. Mm. I mean, he's a kind of, he trumps the Doctor, really. Immortal's better than regenerating, isn't it? This is true, but or very worse, lonely. Depending on yes. how you look at it. <laughs> and uh, uh, what was your reaction when you first got approached to come in and play opposite such a, a larger than life character oh it was it's like inviting two rutting stallions to <laughs> to meet on the moorland and lock horns um because neither of us are known for our subtlety um <laughs> so uh, it's it's quite fun really it's a character i love i mean he's and uh, john himself i've met on many occasions and he's uh, a vastly entertaining there is sometimes you meet people um and you think i'll shut up they can do the entertaining mm. and and he's certainly one of them um he, he's a, a great fellow with a fund of tales <laughs> i was going to say technically I, I imagine this is your second time playing opposite him because you had a little bit in the five-ish doctors reboot well that was with john wasn't it as opposed to captain jack well, is there much difference between the two? <laughs> oh, you know, well, yes, there is, because John himself was uh, quite quiet and uh, uh, he. Well, I suppose he was out doctored. 
Mm. There were three of us in that this is scene true. with him. But it was uh, it was a remarkably funny scene, and he entered into the spirit of it uh, with with great humour. No, he was great fun. But, I mean, you say you want to be the Doctor. Do you enjoy all the, the words, suddenly having all the Doctor the, speak? The word fear? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of words, and it's at a pace, and it's a, a, it's a different... Yeah, it's just a different thing. It's fun. That's what it is. It's absolutely fun. And a lot of the big words that are in there, um, you know, and the, the, the thing in Doctor Who, as I've always said this, Jack is a companion in Doctor Who, or mm. he is part of the team. It's not his, he's not the leader. So he's able to be a little more fun and frivolous at times and have a good laugh. Whereas in Torchwood, he is Jack. He's the leader. Yes. So it's different. And uh, with like Kisturberus, where you know you'd be crucified again if you got that wrong by the Doctor Who community. It's just the significance what of these. What was that word you used? Kisturberus. Kisturberus. Yeah. The constellation it, of Kisturberus. Spell Kisturberus. K a s t e r b o r o u s. By the way, if anyone's listening to this, he edited that because he got the spelling wrong. <laughs> 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 and also, we had a lovely cast in this morning as well. You got to, you know, you had a sort of gushing companion in, in yes. Hayat and, and yes. a villain in Zor with a proper villain's name. And then uh, you, as the Doctor, got married to an android. I Callista. did. I got married to an android and then part of Jack really enjoyed it. You know, was that quite nice playing the Doctor, but playing the Doctor quite badly in terms of doing all the things that he would never yes, do? Yes, but it was also quite nice because when the Doctor was playing Colin playing the doctor as Jack mm. and was saying things about you know how you get it right and Jack's like yeah because sometimes I do get it right mm. and so there's that there's almost it's like a I don't know what you would call it it's like a double play on the the storyline and the words and you know the, it's not even a double entendre is it it's a no, it's just a dual that? meaning to a dual, me- of... a, a dual meaning That's say it again Dual meaning. A dual meaning. I so it's know. a meaning, yeah. And but that was fun too. And so there's, uh, yeah, it's just fun. Nice to have companions. And talking of sort of taking the Mickey out of yourselves, this is a script that sort of celebrates both your characters through, I suppose, the eyes of each other. You know, um, <laughs> I think he's better at pretending to be me. We're more credible. Show. Well, I, I, I'm not sure actually. I think it's fair to say you've you've enjoyed it collectively. Enormously, enormously. I hope I meet him again one day. Is there ever any pressure when you read a script and realise you've got to, uh, you know, you've got the luxury of being a bit OTT? Do you ever feel oh, you not have to pressure? That's, that's the opposite of pressure. That's the releasing of pressure. Some actors you have to, if you're directing, and I've directed a few times, you have to get them to build up their performance. Mm. Other actors, you have to get them to tone down their performance. And I occupy, I know that, the latter category. Uh, and I do believe that... It's as an actor, I prefer to give a lot and you can then take away. <laughs> and if that's whetted your appetite, just go to bigfinish.com and type Lives of Captain Jack into the search engine. Yeah, and then you'll see. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's time now for Benji and I to put on some silly voices for the top five most listened to chart of Big Finish releases from February 2019. Do you think we'll be able to do the same voices or if we can? Well, I'll certainly try. <laughs> 
Uh, hi, hi there, uh, big, big tastic listeners. Uh, here's our mega audio uh, sonic rundown of what's hot and even hotter in Big Finish's world of audio immersive goodness. <laughs> Over to you, Nicky. Thanks, Bashy. Uh, what a great mucker you are. Remember here at Big Finish, <laughs> this isn't the same voice. Here at Big Finish, we absolutely bungtastically. <laughs> Big Tastic Me love Mega Audio Sonic Stories. Over the next three Podtastic podcasts, we'll be rounding up the winners and riders, the runners and riders even, <laughs> in our top five chart of most listened to Big Finish Audio Sonic Adventures so far this year. Last week, uh, we covered January 2019. Uh, this week, uh, in a shock attack of logical thinktasticism, uh, we're moving on to February, and this is where it gets interesting, uh, honestly. A brand new entry straight in at number five. Those Torchwood guys and gals with God Among Us Part 2. I've met Norton before, and Devon? <laughs> I think those two deserve each other. I just feel sorry for whoever they drag along with them. I had to do terrible things at first, to stop you from finding this world. But find it I did. I know what'll happen next, what you do to worlds. Attention, you have been reported as homeless. Oblation offers you a choice. Take part in a clinical trial, or death. And you can find them badly out of bigfinish.com. Just type God Among Us into the search engine and your wishes will all come true. <laughs> Up to number four, knocking the first Doctor Adventures Volume 3 out with a heavy burst of pre-orders, the 8th of March. Celebrating International Women's Day through a whole gaggle of femalian characters from Doctor Who. Fantastic. <laughs> Together on three. One, two, three! <laughs> the date has been calculated as the 8th of March, 2019. We have been called upon by Dr. Cornelius Pinch. This fine lady is a detective of vast reputation. Good evening. May I take your name, please? Romana Dvorat Rilunda. I'm the Gallifreyan delegate. Osgoods! Sorry, but just you try living with someone who's exactly the same as you in every way and see how you get on. Werewolves, my dear. Werewolves? By all accounts. Just an average Thursday, then. Archaeologist, orphan, born 21st June 2540. Strong mind, very noisy. Who are you and what is this? You've guessed it, just type in 8th of March into the old Sergi Rooney engine at bigfinish.com to join in the fun. Moving on to number three, sliding down the charts like a slide from January's number one spot, it's the Diary of River Song Series 3. Here's Alex Kingston. Your face. It's almost exactly like the face of my fifth husband. Is this one of those chat-up lines where I ask you how many you've had and you say four? Oh, I know. I've had 12. Or, or 11. Or 13. <laughs> it all depends on how you count. The entire history of creation on display for all our patrons. It's hard to get my head around. My past self is going to be arriving here very soon. Oh, how embarrassing. Adventure is certainly her game if you type River Song into the BigFinish.com search engine. 
And at number two, it's a non-mover with Tom Baker and his brand new companion Ann Kelso, played by the audio-tastic Jane Slavin in the length <laughs> titled The Fourth Doctor Adventures Series 8, The Syndicate Master Plan, Volume 1. Doctor, what is that? You don't want to find out. Keep running. Don't look back. But where are we running to? You ask a lot of questions. I am a police officer. Well, on this occasion... Ooh. Doctor, all right. More questions. What did I fall over? Doctor, it's getting closer. I can see... Doctor! Shh, shh, I told you not to look back. What is that thing? That thing is a trash egg. <laughs> And so now, sliding right up the chart to number one spot, leapfrogging over the number two spot from last week's number three, it's Michelle Gomez in Missy Series One. Go, Missy! I'm fabulous at strategy, mathematics, creative role play. In fact, you could say I'm mostly marvelous in every manner. And tell you what, special offer. If I don't like you lot after, no one has to die. You stand for everything the wardens abominate. You are wayward, chaotic, willful. And now, here I stick, exiled to 19th century Earth like some common time urchin. What are you, ladies maid, governess? Fond of children, are you? Loathe them. I know who you are. You know I know who you are. You're Missy, the artist formerly known as the Master. <laughs> What do you want, human? Oi, less of that. Be nice. Just bash Missy into the BigFinish.com search engine to find that one. And join Bashy and me next week for the Big Finish Top 5 of March 2019. Well, I think all my neighbours must think I'm completely crackers now. Uh, <laughs> almost time to tease you with the first 15 minutes of The Lives of Captain Jack, Volume 2. But before that, here's the randomoid selectatron. Oh, what have you got? Okay, I'm firing her up now, or him up, or it up. The randomoid selectatron's delivered us. Frostfire. Oh. Doctor Who the Companion Chronicle yeah, is that one. Yeah, the first ever Companion Chronicle. That's Maureen O'Brien and Keith Drinkle. Yes, playing the cinder. Yeah, this was uh, fantastic to go and see this being recorded. And I did an interview with Maureen afterwards. Uh, absolutely lovely. I, I completely fell in love with Maureen and immediately cast her in um, Dalek Empire 4, The Fearless, as a result of that. Yeah, so um, hasn't been available for a download for very long. Is now. So why not? snap this one up with 25% off I mean it's just asking to be be listened ask, to isn't it ask. actually let's have a listen to the trailer it's alright it's only me Vicky are you there no that's silly where else would you be I'm coming down oh at first I thought the TARDIS scanner had gone wrong again. All it was showing was grey. But then dark shapes started appearing and I realised that it was just smoke drifting across. The doctor was making adjustments to the console, muttering to himself in that half-amused, totally absorbed way he had whenever we arrived somewhere new. 
Stephen and I always had to take a back seat while this ritual went on, the doctor finally announced that we'd need winter clothes and produced a set of thick coats and musty fur hats that he said were Russian. If that was the case, Stephen and I decided, Russia must smell absolutely disgusting. The doctor tutted and said it was just mothballs, whatever they are, and then he opened the doors and out we went. All you have to do to get 25% off this release is to go to bigfinish.com, find the podcast range or click the podcast in the top slider and you'll find the option to press here to get to the Randomoid Selectrotron offer. All you have to do is enter the top secret, unfathomable, <laughs> classified code of bark up. Mind you, I suppose we don't really say bark up anymore on the podcast. Maybe we should. No, we, say anyway. we more sort of say bark up. <laughs> Uh, all one word, all capitals, no space, no time, no meaning, no complications. No complications. No complications. Well, I'm looking at the watch that I'm not wearing, and it says oh. here that it's time to go. So Look at mine. Yeah. Well, can I see yours? Yeah. yeah, I thought so. It's time to wish you a fond farewell, so ta-ta! Good guy. And whilst we're gone, yeah... Why not sneakily listen to this 15-minute drama cool. tease of the lives of Captain Jack, Volume 2? Cool. Yeah. You on. ain't seeing me, right? No. <laughs> it's you! When the reports came in, I knew! Finally! Oh, open up, Doctor. A hundred years I've been waiting, and, and here here we are in a field in Cloyd de Vagar. The farmer is furious. Whoa, you've scared his sheep. Oh, come on out, doctor. Please. Please. Save them. What? Save them. Doctor, is it you? No, 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 I've got you, I've got you. Are you the doctor? Not for much longer. Dying! Wait, what, what's happening to you? Change. What? Let go of me. I'm regenerating. Regenerating? Get back! Ah, ah, it begins again. I'm always beginning.
Raiders are now on 17 levels. Power drain at 12%. The Memoriad is under attack. I won't let them take the Janivar. I won't. But what can we do now? We're alone. No one is coming. No one. We fight on. The Janivar must be protected. Impossible. The Doctor... The Doctor's returning. It's just his craft. The Doctor is... Dead. You, you know he's dead. Perhaps. There are legends of his people. I can't be bothered with legends. Not now. We have history to save. When the Doctor's craft arrives, turn it into a memorial. I'm sorry you're dead, Doctor. The universe grieves. Doctor? Hello, I'm the Doctor. I'm a Time Lord from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Casturberus. And I'm here to find out if you've been naughty or if you've been nice. Have you been naughty? In which case, I have very bad news. You're the Doctor. You can't be. I can be. <laughs> I'm the new Doctor. New body, same great taste. Look at this coat. Love it. But Doctor, you're alive. <laughs> I never let death get in my way. <laughs> Boom, you're in trouble, yes? Yes. You need my help. Yes. Thought so. Where am I? What's going on? Don't you know? No, no, my dear. My dear? Am I a my dear kind of guy? Post-regenerative amnesia, innovating epistopic interfaces of my synapses. Oh, the words. He's going to kill me with the words. Pay no attention, my child. Mm, sorry? Oh, I just threw the fast return switch and came right back to save you. <laughs> this is wonderful, Doctor. Isn't it? What am I saving you from exactly? Incursions have spread to 18 levels of the Memoriad. Bombardment is increasing. Aha! I love a helpful voice. So, I'm on a Memoriad, a digital graveyard, yes? Yes. We've spent generations guarding the last remains of the Janivar, an ancient race. Digital souls in perpetual sleep. Love it, love it! And now we're being invaded. They've come to destroy the Janivar. They? Who are they? These are the groves of remembrance. Orange trees. Oh, I love an orange. Hmm. Oh. You were. Peel it first. Ah, forgot that bit. <laughs> Silly me. Still tangy. I'm not hungry, though, am I? This whole place is beautiful. The memoria has stood for 10,000 years at the edge of the system. It is our solemn duty to tend to its beauty and to preserve the souls it contains. So you're a tour guide? <laughs> no. <laughs> we have no visitors. None? <laughs> I mean, aren't you being visited right now? Apart from you and the invaders, of course. This grove, why have you brought me here, my dear girl? Well, well, wait, 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 wait. I, I can't keep calling you my dear girl for so many reasons. Have you got a name? Hayat. Ah. It's an honour to meet you, Doctor. Oh, well, Hayat. You're not in charge, are you? No. Never mind. Play your cards right, and by the time we leave, you might be. But I don't... Ah, ah, ah believe in yourself, Hayat. Never mind. Ooh, wait. Oh, oh. that statue, it's beautiful. It's one of you. Don't get me wrong, Hayat. You're not bad looking yourself. But that is one hot statue. And they're all over the memorial. You just leave beauty like that standing around? Amazing! 
They're the invaders. Ooh, aggressive statuary. Have I done that? Can't remember. Some sort of artificial life form? Can I talk to it? Yes. Will it kill me? Um... Oh, will it kill me again? <laughs> it might not. Then, hmm. Hello! Let's have a look at you. What is that? It's my sonic screwdriver. It says Red Dragon Leisure Center on it. Hey, don't judge. I got a discount. And what are those small metal things dangling off it? Weapons? Keys! Keys! <sighs> Zip it. Oh, fantastic. Hello, I'm the Doctor, and you're an incredibly advanced artificial life form. Can we talk? Greetings, Doctor. My name is Callista. We were saddened to hear of your death. I bounce back like rubber in the Spice Girls. Why are you invading this graveyard? Forgive me. Did Hayat not tell you? Well... I'm catching up. I like Hayat. She doesn't rule this place, but she may do soon. Um... <laughs> I'm afraid I can't see that happening. Oh. Will you visit with me, Doctor? Sure. Pinky swear not to kill me. Absolutely. I regret this is merely a splinter of me. Come to the real Callista. Can't wait! Defend the lower levels! Reinforce the barricade! They must not take the Janabar! Attention! Three more levels have been taken. Shields failing. Power falling by 17%. No! I'll not let them win! All this and the Doctor. The Janabar must be saved. Ah! Oh! Is this your command ship? Indeed. Nice! Love the sofas. Oh. Callista, you're an artificial life form? Yes, an android of gold and psychoglass. But what is it with sofas? Artificial life forms always have sofas. Not just any old furniture holder having a sale sofas, but proper high-end Sunday paper nap sofas. Sofas? Sofas. You want to talk about sofas? Plans for universal conquest bore me. Sofas fascinate me. Who are you, and how am I going to sort this out? We are the Sophia. We were created as a slave race as servitors, but we outgrew our masters. Overthrew them in a bloody massacre. Well, if you must be so painfully crude, we seek to better ourselves. And now you're invading the Memoriad. What's so special about the Genevar? Why do you want to destroy this place? And what is it with the sofas? Forgive me, you're not here to ask me questions. Smart move. You're waiting until I tell you something clever, aren't you? Correct. If you really think you can solve this situation... I'm the doctor. It's what I do. The face may have changed, but the heart stay the same. I've quite a name to live up to. Stop your invasion. Because the doctor is telling you to. Happily. All the Memoriad has to do is surrender, and we'll bombard them until they do. Oh, somebody's bloodthirsty. Well, did we meet before? We did not, Doctor. Ah, thought not. Otherwise, you'd know I will stop you. 
It agonizes me to tell you that you cannot win against me. I appreciate your attempts at diplomacy, but I shall return you to the Memoriad. We shall not speak again, unless of course you would like me to talk at your funeral. Give me a day, by the end of it you'll be wishing you just bought your sofa a load of live, love, laugh scatter cushions. Haha! <laughs> Toodles! Oh! Oh! Tingly! Ha! <clears throat> hey, Ed, what did I miss? Well... Attention! Invasion has reached 19 levels. Oh. Power down by 37%. Bombardment increasing. Oh, that's one handy computer. I bet it's loving this. It's a computer. <laughs> Computers love drama. Talking of which, I've learned why you're under attack by a load of minty robot butlers. Already? How? I got to sit on their sofas and you can tell a bucket about your enemies from the quality of their soft furnishings. Ooh. <laughs> now, <clears throat> you absolutely sure you're not the ruler here? No, I'm just a humble grave tender. Our leader is Zor. Zor? Zor? Ah! That's a villain's name. No, he's cared for the Janivar for over a century. Still absolute villain's name. Tell you what, take me to Zor. Defend the lower levels! Reinforce the barricade! You must be Zor! I'm the new Doctor, here to save the day. <sighs> Aren't you, Doctor? I'm busy. And a terrible shot. At a distance, yes. Interesting. You're using projectile weapons. What are they using? I'm sorry. What? Oh, they've adapted their wireless charging technology to induct energy from their environment and then blast it back to you. Oh, Nito. Nito? They're killing my people. Yes, of course. Sorry. Give me that. Hey. The problem is that these guns are designed for use against organics. We are a graveyard. We are not expecting an invasion. Of course you're not. And these weapons, it's like trying to barbecue marble with a candle. No, let's get their attention. I need to give you a competitive advantage. I'll alter this setting here, and uh, this one here, and target the molecular cohesion, ooh, like this. <laughs> See, it shattered. Eat dust, kittens. I'm the doctor, and I'm uh, very good with guns. You weren't like this before. That's that's amazing. Mm. Yes, I'm all for taking the fight to the enemy. Have you got any warships? Uh, a couple of warp scouts. That's all. Oh, so great! If I need to knit a temporal wormhole or some quantum socks, but no actual guns. Impulse lasers. Oh, right then. We'll have to make the most of your handguns. All right. Let me show you. After all, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, but show him how to zap a fish into tiny burning chunks and he's your bay for life. See? It's the setting here. On this panel. Zor? You think you got that, Zor? Can I trust you, Zor? Will you lead the fight back for me, Zor? Why do you keep saying my name? Because it's brilliantly funny. <laughs> now, I'm going to go back to my TARDIS. Why? Because it's the cleanest day off, and there'll be murder if she finds crumbs.
the doctor. <laughs> and it's going pretty well, don't you think, old girl? Old girl, old old girl. I'm no one's old girl. I'm the doctor. And what are you doing in my ship? Oh, you're feeling better, dear. Oh, you can see quite well that I'm not. There's gratitude. I saved you a regeneration and healed you. Yes, how did... Wait, are you wearing my coat? I'm not just wearing it, dude. I'm rocking it. But listen, I was at the point of regenerative collapse. No creature in existence should be able to absorb that energy, let alone use it to somehow heal me whilst also... It's... Is, is, is that my seventh favourite waistcoat? You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and go on, subscribe.